Bluff City Media presents The Anthony Sane Show on YouTube at Bluff City Media. Stepping up to the microphone is your host, Anthony Sane. Acknowledge me. Everyone, welcome to The Anthony Sane Show. This is Anthony Sane, your host. Here live from not the Bluff City Media Studios, we are recording from a very remote location uh, while Kenny Stubblefield is out getting a much-needed break out vacationing. Uh, but with me today, guest producer of the Anthony Sane Show, my boy, Michael Horrell. What's going on, man? You doing what's up, everybody? What's up? What's up? Man, we upgraded you today, man. We got you in the big box. I had you in the little the little boy box in the corner last show. Ooh, I gave my boy equal opportunity today, man. You know, so that's the type of type of host I am, man. I want to have some affirmative action up in this job for my boy, man. <laughs> Michael, you good, man? <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, like seeing myself bigger, it's just. Yeah, it's man, a it's pleasure. a blessing, man. It's a blessing, brother. Good to see you. Good to see you here today for sure. Made it to the, made it to the big screen. Uh, yeah, man. A lot to talk about today. Got a huge guest, a good friend of mine, Samaria Terry, is coming in uh, in segment number two. She is a sports anchor for WKRN out of Nashville. Of course, you guys probably know her from being on WREG Channel 3. A uh, good friend of mine, man. She's done radio with me. We podcasted together. It's my homie, man. And she's going to be on uh, for segment two uh, for Sit Down with Saint. Uh, also going to talk about uh, some other things going on in the world of sports, namely the NBA for the most part. And, of course, going to wrap up the show uh, with uh, Inside the Same Brain. And I'll tell you now, we will be Carly Russell – Part two, the update, <laughs> the whole Carly Russell situation. We'll definitely chop that up. Uh, some of the mixed feelings I have about that whole situation, we'll chop that up in the last segment of the show. But since the last time we talked, uh, Michael Orell, uh, the thing that has been on my mind the most is Tiger Basketball. Uh, University of Memphis uh, released their uh, in-conference schedule today. And, and before I start, I'll set this up, uh, Michael, and just talking to you, you're 24 years old. Is that correct? Yes, 24. Yeah. Yeah, we're 20, you're 24 years old. There's a 19-year difference between me and you. Might as well say 20. I'm about to turn 44 in November. Um, the way you see Tiger basketball is probably totally different than the way I've seen it. Um, Completely different. You're 24 years old, so you pretty much were born with the Grizzlies already being here. I was – yeah, they, I think this yeah. is year 23. You don't have yeah, no memories yet. Yeah, you have no memories of the Grizzlies. No, the Grizzlies came in 2000, I believe. Anyway, you have no memories of the Grizzlies not being here. They've been here your entire life. Your memories. You, know, you don't remember anything yeah. you were one yeah. or two. So you don't yeah. have any memories of the Grizzlies not being here. For people like myself, I am a huge basketball fan and a huge Grizzly NBA fan because of the Memphis Tigers. You know what I mean? And so because we grew up with watching you know, Penny Hardaway, Elliot Perry, you know, all these guys coming up when I was a kid. And you don't have you don't have the, those memories in your memory bank. So I'm sure Tiger basketball doesn't mean much to you. So today we're going to kind of go through a Tiger basketball for the new guy edition on the show today. And, 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 and when I told you this is what I want to talk about, you were sharing your concerns. I'll tell you, don't worry about it, man. Because yeah. and I'll be and I'll be honest with you, in the past few years, I used to cover I used to cover the Tigers for a couple of uh, publications here in the city of Memphis. Uh, I used to write for uh, the Tri-State Defender, who was, the, if not the oldest, one of the nation's oldest independent, uh, independently owned uh, black-owned uh, newspaper publications. I used to write for them here in the city of Memphis, and I covered Tiger basketball for them. Uh, also, pretty much for myself, when I had my own 
website, Blue uh, Blue World Order. I was, you know, doing some Tiger stuff over there too. Um, <clears throat> but during my time of doing that, I kind of lost interest, kind of seeing stuff up close during the end of the Josh Passner era and the entire Tubby Smith era. Like that's when I covered the team. So, you know, I, I saw the transition of it. And since Penny's came back, I wanted to have more interest in it. A lot of it has kind of been frustrating, more frustrating than entertaining to me. Uh, and the Grizzlies have just kind of, you know, taken over my brain, so to speak. So I don't really have as much bandwidth uh, for yeah. the Tigers as I had when I was your age. When I was, yeah. uh, when you're talking about, you know, you're coming out, coming into the passing era, those type of things. I mean, uh, not passing era, coming to the Calipari era. Those type of things, uh, the 2008 run for the championship, all those type of things. Um, but I still have a desire to see those guys do well, and I'm really involved this season because it really feels like Penny Hardaway is is hitting his stride as a coach. He's been a recruiter, and he's recruiting the type of players who are the type of guys that win you championships. Um, you have Javon Quinley, who you just added a week or so ago. Transfer, right? Right. Transfer from Alabama. From the Jelly Fam. I'm sure you heard of it. That's more up your alley there, right? That's, yeah, Jelly Fam. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and you have a guy like Mikey Williams who has some legal things going on. I don't see how Mikey makes it on campus. I've seen stranger things happen, though, man. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not going to rule out him coming here. Um, I don't know what – I don't. if I was him, I would not be here. I probably yeah. would take the entire – I would just – I would sit this year out work out, take care of my legal issues, throw my name in the draft, and see if anyone takes me. I mean, that's just kind of I mean, what his I'm offer, Nothing's been rescinded, right? They haven't rescinded his offer to the school. Like No, no. There's still a chance that he comes, but I, I think his his trial is pushed out until like August or September, something like that. So uh, that's definitely an interesting thing. Uh, DeAndre Williams, we got that situation out there. There's some positive news coming out that way. I think there's a lot of positive energy towards that. A lot of people feel like he will get – uh, the waiver, of course, it depends on what the NCAA has to say, which can always be an adventure. But you have uh, the, the uh, DeAndre Williams situation where he felt like he was giving bad information uh, coming out of high school, going into college that led him to uh, lose a year of eligibility. So many believe um, that DeAndre Williams could possibly get that year back on this team. Uh, in addition to, you know, the names that, that Penny Hardaway has already added to this team. Um Right now, a lot of a lot of Tiger fans <laughs> are in an uproar. Uh, Mike, Michael, I almost called you Mikey, like Mikey Williams. There are a lot of Tiger fans in an uproar because every year around this time, people start making these super early post uh, uh, top twenty-five polls, or you know, they're, they're they're judging recruiting classes and all these type of things. A lot of them don't. They're kind of downplaying what, what Penny Hardaway is doing in Memphis uh, with his recruiting class. And I'll just say this to you know Tiger fans who are out listening no matter how enthusiastic you are, why do y'all give a shit about it, man? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, man, there's a 64-team tournament that, that, that determines your national champion. And all these things that these uh, these guys are saying now, these talking heads, these writers, these journalists, it, does, it doesn't matter, man. Like, this Penny's team is going to be hella good. They're hella talented. Um, they're older. They're old. I mean, <laughs> we don't have to talk around it. They're, they're an old team. They're a veteran-heavy team. Super good. This team has multiple guys who's who've scored more than 12, 13 points a game. I think that he's gonna have a very good team. I don't see why people care, you know, about any of those type of things. 
It, um, it reminds me of like the Grizzlies. People are like, oh, agile, you know, what seed are we gonna finish? Are we gonna be a second yeah, seed or we gonna like, get into the playoffs? playoffs bro. It's, it's about yeah. the playoff, like yeah. second seed, six, said, six, eight, like bro, it, right. there's still time to be played. You had uh you had Denver, who's the number one seed who overall who won everything, but you also had teams like the Lakers who were in the conference finals. You had the Miami Heat, who were a play-in team as well. They made it to the finals. Be be healthy, be good at the right time. Who cares about how people are ranking you? Not even by a record. People are getting paid. People are getting paid to to say who they think will be the best. Like, bro, it means nothing. It's not like it's like, oh, whatever I say is gonna have like, bro, who cares? Yeah, it's all just a bunch of nonsense. So I wish people wouldn't stress about that at all. Uh, I got I had fun today, man, because like I said, the University of Memphis released the uh, the conference uh, the conference uh, games home and away who they're going to be playing. And a lot of these teams that are in the new look AAC, uh, the AAC, of course, lost a couple teams that are going to the Big 12. Uh, Cincinnati and Houston, namely, are headed to the Big 12. Oh, damn, I didn't realize Houston uh, left. Yeah, and now Memphis is kind of left in a depleted AAC that's got a bunch of teams that came back from the from Conference USA. And I'm looking at this uh, rundown of the teams, man, and I'm like, dude, I don't Pretty know who any I don't know who any of these logos belong to. <laughs> logos look generic as hell. That's like a little eagle that looks like part of the military, maybe, or an insurance company. I don't know Ooh, what like high school teams. Yeah, man. I'm like, what is this, bro? There's like a C with like a little a little uh, uh a little coal miners pick in there. Somebody told me that was UNC Charlotte. I was like, all right, <laughs> they how they logo used to look. And it's like, oh, I'm out, man. I'm out on this conference. This conference was ghetto as hell. Uh, Big 12 us, please. Big 12, please come take us away. Fred Smith, Fred Jones, uh, Fred Flintstone, whoever. Somebody help us get the hell up out of this. Uh, you talking about the orange and blue dude uh, mining coal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, bro. It's UTEP miners. No, no, no. That's UTEP miners. There's also a Charlotte, the C with the pick. Oh, in. I see. Yeah, that used doing? to be UN. That thing used to be UNC Charlotte. But now they're just plain old Charlotte University, I guess. Bro, I it looks know. like when high school teams take an NFL team logo and then change like three colors. Yeah, man, they get the hell out of it. And then uh, poor Tulane, man, that's rubbish. Tulane's logo is, is flat foot terrible. Um, but yeah, man, I saw that came out today. There is one team. There is one thing that I have seen uh, Tiger basketball fans get a little perturbed about that I'm not mad at at all, though, man. And that is. Um, the FAU Owls, uh, FAU went to the Final Four this year. They were Memphis, uh, Memphis's first round opponent in the NCAA tournament. Memphis lost that game to them, a game that I felt like the Tigers probably should have won. That was a tough uh, game to lose. Yeah, tough game for sure. I watched that game on television. I didn't watch a lot of games last year. Um, I, I had a running joke that the Tiger basketball team was the best sorry team in college basketball. Not because they weren't a good team. They were a good team, very good team. It was just a bunch of dudes and DeAndre Williams and uh, – uh, Kendrick Davis and a bunch of guys who really weren't good. <laughs> so I called them the best sorry team in America. They were good enough to be good collectively, but individually they weren't good. Yeah. But um, it was kind of a running joke I had. Um, FAU was the team that was, I think, undefeated in conference in the Conference USA. Uh, of course, went to the Final Four. But y'all are getting a little bit too beside yourselves. You guys are acting like you've really done something out here historically. I'm not going to knock you guys for making the Final Four. That's a tremendous achievement, something that Memphis hasn't done since 2008. So I'm not going to act like doing that isn't remarkable for FAU. But, man, let's not let's not act like you guys are some historical juggernaut. And when your coach when your coach eventually leaves 
in this class of kids you have now eventually leaves, you're going to be somewhere with the team with the C with the with the uh, coal pit. <laughs> coal miners. Yeah, and whatever that is, it's Tulane's thing, a, a wave of water. That's <laughs> what that is in the little dragon team, UAB. You're going to be somewhere North with them. Texas mean green men's basketball yeah. team. Yeah, and the and the little eagle thing. I have no clue what school you're. That's the insurance company, I believe. But yeah, anyway, don't act like that. Don't act like that. I don't know. No clue who that is. But FAU, don't act like that for sure. So Memphis fans, please don't give a shit about the polls. You shouldn't to be honest with you. But if you do want to feel a way about FAU bootleg ass uh, kind of feeling themselves, I'm not mad at you at all. Um, one thing that is kind of odd that I will talk about here is uh, the TFLA Leonard situation. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right, but um, so far everyone, pretty much everyone is, is on campus except for him. Uh, two guys who are not on campus are David Jones and Jordan Brown. The understood reason why they're not there is because those two guys still have, uh, as being grad transfers, there's still things they need to do to graduate. There's certain classes they need to finish. And they're doing those things in their respective schools before they get there. I understand that. But Tia Foley Leonard has not reported to uh, to campus yet. And I'll say that um, that's kind of strange to me. Um, and I think one of the reasons that that could be going on, um, if you're looking at bringing a guy like DeAndre Williams back, I talked about this on the show a few weeks ago. If you're looking to bring DeAndre Williams back, he would be your power forward. Uh, Jordan Brown would be your center. Um, David Jones would be your small forward. Tiafale Leonard was supposed to be your small forward. You're talking about a guy who's been given, you know, been mocked into the first round of the NBA draft and a lot of mocks. Um, and I'm sure he's waiting to see how this thing plays out. If DeAndre Williams comes, that move, it moves him out of the starting lineup more than likely for all intents and purposes. And a guy like David Jones, who's who can play the three or the four, would move down to the three and would bump Tiafale Leonard probably out. So I'm sure he's I'm sure he's monitoring that situation very closely, and I think that if I'm if I'm saying that I think that the DeAndre Williams thing is gonna is gonna happen, I, I'm pretty much saying that the TFLA Leonard thing probably won't. If that's the reason why he's not around, you know what I mean? I don't know. I've never met the kid. Can't even say his name right. Not sure what I'm even saying. You know what I mean? So I think that's something to note. I think that's something you have to look at, and it's understandable. You know what I mean? So uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Long summer left at the University of Memphis, but. Things are definitely on the, on looking good over there um, for Penny Hardaway and his team. I'm predicting them to be to do good things. I think they're better than FAU. I think they're the best team in the conference, and I think that's going to play out, you know, coming up soon. But we're about to take a break, Michael, and when we come back, like I said, Samaria Terry is going to be joining us, my good friend from WKRN out of Nashville. She's going to come on, hop on with us. We're going to talk some Nashville stuff. We're going to talk some Memphis stuff. It's going to be a great interview, I'm sure. We'll be back in a minute on the Anthony Sane Show. See you guys in a minute. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy.
right, everyone, welcome back to the Anthony the Same Show. It is time for the sit down with the same. I have a very special guest with me. She hails from the ATL, the A, Atlanta, Georgia. She's currently a news anchor for WKRN News in Nashville. But of course, if you were watching this show, you probably know her from WREG Channel 3. Samaria Terry is in the building. What's going on, Samaria? How you doing today? Thank you, Anthony. That was a, that was a great welcome. Thank you. You look like you're tired. I know you've been at the media day out there in Nashville. It's looking I, like I it's been. Yeah, and it's been raining. It has literally been raining mm. all week. I really feel bad for the people who was like, oh, we're going to come to Nashville for the week. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, there are people in Memphis this week who, uh, yeah, like the, half the city don't have power. So, yeah, I, I, I feel the, you know, in Memphis, the wind blow hard, the, the lights going out. What is up with that? Yeah, it was a really nasty storm came through here, like knocking down power line type nasty. But yeah, tell us more about Nashville, Samaria. What has your first year been like? Uh, um, covering, well, it hasn't been a year yet. Market. It hasn't All been right. a year yet. Um, but you know, it's it's been cool. Like I haven't gone on Broadway yet. I feel like I'm not I'm not gonna go. I'm Broadway? Gonna, yeah. I'm not familiar with what you're talking about. It's out there just, in Nash Vegas. It's just like Bill Street. Oh, okay. That they got. I heard of that. It's, it's just haunted. That's where you see. Right, with the white boot, with the white ladies with the cowboy boots and the hats. Yes, the bachelorette parties, everything. I'm not on the pedal boat things. Pedal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I just don't feel like I'm gonna go. Um, but other than that, it's been really nice. It's been nice so far. Do you own the boots and the cowboy hat? No, I do not. Honky tonk <laughs> really isn't my. That's not my. Um, it ain't your shit though. I got you. I got you. I got what you. was that? What was that word that you said? I feel like the first interview that I did with y'all, and you was talking about Jaren. And what was what did Jaren call his mm -hmm. swag or whatever? What do you call it? I don't know. I don't know. I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> well, whatever that is, I don't have that. But I do. Like I have on a, a Vanderbilt Vanderbilt shirt right now. Mm -hmm. So what was up? Oh, look at that. Who would be upset if they saw you wearing that? Yeah. Don't tell what my other fans. What if Ryan Silverfield saw you with that on? What would he think? You don't even know who Ryan Silverfield is anymore. I do know that's who a, Ryan that's Silverfield a, is. He's a coach of the Tiger football team. He used to. Why are you doing that? I'm just saying. All right, man. Why are you doing? And this shirt you're talking about, you were saying me being an influencer, I was sent this shirt. So oh, okay. Shout yeah. Out to oh yeah, my friend Samara Terry is also a a, a world famous influencer. You might see her advertising waist trainers on uh, Instagram. Yeah. That was interesting. But yeah, Samari and Terry, uh, you were at the SEC Media Day all week. Yeah. Some of the hot topics uh, were things about NLL, NIL and things such uh -huh. as that. Uh -huh. uh, Commissioner Greg Sankey, as well as Ole Miss coach Lane Kiffin, have both uh, stomped on the NIL situation. Lane Kiffin even called it legalized cheating. Samari and Terry, what are your thoughts on some of the sites? Okay, I took some heard? notes. I took some okay. notes. So Kiffin uh, also said... What if LeBron James could be a free agent? This was about not the NIO, but this was about the transfer mm -hmm. portal. So he's just upset about everything. Um, we'll get back to NIO, but that thought that was very right. interesting about the transfer portal. He was like, What if LeBron James could be a free agent multiple times a year? And that kind of got me thinking. I was like, Oh, hmm. What, okay. That, oh, all right. You, the you transfer portal, though, is interesting. We're going to get back to NIO. I'm sorry. I just pivoted, but. Mm -hmm. What do you think of the transfer portal, Anthony? I think it is amazing. It's, okay. It's good. It's good, uh, it's good to talk about. It's fast moving. It's wild as hell. Players can do whatever the hell they want to do, pretty much. Uh, why not, man? I, if I had a kid who 
who I didn't think because it used to be like, okay, if you were an NFL type level player or NBA level player, you would do that. You would go to the league. And if you didn't, you just kind of going to school and playing football. You weren't making any money off of it. Schools might be selling your jersey. You might end up leaving early and going to work in a factory or whatever you're doing. But now, man, these dudes are like, man, I would 100% tell my kid if he was good but not like go to the pros good, dude, go to a different school every year. Go from East Coast to West Coast. Go play in Hawaii. Go play. I don't understand how, how the University of Hawaii didn't have like a ton of grad transfers. Like, I would be all over. I would go all across the map playing college sports if, if I had a kid that wasn't a pro. But he was like somewhere in between. Like he's good enough to get NIL deals and good enough to, you know, be desired. I'd be gone, man. I'd go, I'd play for a different school every year. I mean, I think that you should be able to go where you want, but I think there should mm-hmm. be a limit. Why? Nashville has changed you, Leslie. I think there should be a limit. I don't think that you should just be able to go wherever you want to go whenever you want to. I think there should be a limit. Now, I did not like back in the day where, like, if you mm-hmm. wanted to go, if you were in the SEC, you wanted to go to another SEC school, the coach had go. to sign off on that. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't like that. So I do mm-hmm. like that that's been rectified. But you just going just willy-nilly? No. Stay somewhere, you know, and figure it out. Yeah. A little Does bit. It- does it feel like to you that the NIL market, even though I know it's, it's buck wild, where you've got guys who are getting money, you know, crazy amounts of money, does it feel okay. like that's going to be something that's temporary? Does it feel like that might be something, okay, where people are going to get tired or okay, realize, okay, this isn't the best investment. I'm paying a million dollars for a kid to go to my school, and he's gone the next season, especially in football. Do you think that that's something that's, that's, a, that's it's not always no. going to be this wild, or you think it's going to no. get better? Or I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to get wilder. I mean, I just, think about things that they've been doing. They've been paying players under the table. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin, like you just said, he said that this is legalized cheating at this point. But mm-hmm. I feel like these brands are getting something from, I mean, these are kids that have millions of followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You're telling them, hey, wear my shirt or come into my company and do something. I mean, now you're getting all of these eyes if a kid's like, oh, if I go over here to such and such company, whatever player may be there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think that it's a I think it's a win-win. Do I feel like it's a lot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these kids are making a lot of money. And like I yeah. wrote down here, Kiffin is like, if you have everything so early, what are you working for? And I was like, hmm. But who created this monster though? Like college football, college football coaches, schools, television, uh, television stations, all this. They created this monster. Like, I mean, how can you get mad because the kids are getting theirs now? I'm not saying you're getting mad, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think anyone that's complaining about it just sounds ridiculous. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Like these kids, like, say for instance, mm-hmm. the quarterback at Tennessee, Nico Iamaliava, he got a million dollar in You wrote down the phonetics and everything for that. No, well, I had to know it because I say his name. Okay, I guess. Um, Can you say it? No. no. Okay. Um, (laughs) But he's one of the kids that got like million dollar NIL deals before Mm -hmm. he stepped foot on on campus. So I think it'll be interesting when we see these new wave of kids coming in, how far their careers go. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. I'm I'm, I'm with it. Um, I can see both sides of it. I feel like it's about to fall off. I feel like there's no way this is going to keep getting bigger and bigger. I think people are going to realize, okay, this is dumb money. That we're paying these kids in for what you know what I mean, but anyway, 
Well, I mean, it's the oh, same as like you paying an influencer. Yeah. That has a following on Instagram. It's like yeah. my brand wants you to, I'm going to pay you to post this. And it's not even about that anymore. Schools have got like NIL funds. It's like, hey, just, well, yeah. yeah. It's not even, they're not advertising yeah. anything. They're like, they, yeah, they're just getting And paid. they have whole programs. Like when I did the mm -hmm. sit down with Vanderbilt's AD, which she's a black woman, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but she talked about how they are building an entire office for NIL. Yeah. And you're in the SEC. You're covering the SEC team, so I know yeah. this. Yeah. Well, she's like, oh, we have to hire, we're hiring an entire department just for NIL. Yeah, it's wild stuff. That is sure. wild. In other Nashville news, the Tennessee Titans signed uh, veteran wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, clearly looks like they're pivoting from some of the rumors that, that felt like the Titans were about to possibly blow things up. You heard uh, Derrick Henry, you know, possibly involved in trades and all these type of things. You add a wide, you add a wide receiver um, to that core who of, I don't get it. I don't understand what they're doing, especially with their quarterback situation. What are your thoughts on the Titans adding DeAndre Hopkins? Well, he just posted, I think, on his Instagram that it was official. Mm -hmm. So I was worried about that. I love it. I love it. I got to talk to Rand Carthon, who's the new general manager. We talk mm -hmm. a lot. Like, he's always, you know, at practice, and he talks to us. And I think his mindset is just always getting the best player available. Even, like, right. in the draft, we were like, okay, why did you get this person? Or why did you go after mm – -hmm. like, it doesn't ever seem like it's, like, a scheme or, like, a plan. It's just – who is the best player available that worked for him when he was at San Francisco? So, right. you know, I think that it's great because not only can a player like D hop help you on the field, of course, but he's going to help you off the field too. He's going to be able to mentor these guys. That has like been the talking point, all mm -hmm. OTAs, all mini camp is that the wide receiver room is just inexperienced. They're young and you have Traylon Burks. This is his second year. Um, you have a few tight ends, but everybody, they're babies. So having mm -hmm. a player like D hop in that room, he can really mentor these guys. And then they're going to be the, every defense we go up against, they're going to be focused on Deandre. They're not, they're going to leave trailing Burks wide open. I'm yeah, here for I, it. I, I agree. Uh, I think it'll be fine. Um, I feel a way about the Titans. I don't know. Uh, it, it, a lot of people think it's because of the, the temporary thing in Memphis. I, I've kind of felt out with the Tennessee Titans, um, two things kind of lost me with them. It was when they uh kicked Steven there off to the side for Vince Young. I thought mm -hmm. that was just wrong. That's the one that was Vince, Vince Young was fine, but Steven there was my favorite NFL player. Not, not Vince Young, Steven there was my favorite NFL player of all time. Him and Jerry yeah. Rice, my two favorite players ever. And the way they mishandled him, I didn't like it. Um, it's yeah. just just doing stuff on the cheap, man. It's kind of bothered me with them like over the last 10 years, like. Uh, it is, well, I feel like they, I, I'm hoping that, like, with Rand in there, yeah. they can change yeah. up a little bit. And I don't want to, I don't want to make him have to pay for someone else's sins, and that's kind of what I'm doing with him. Because I, I throw out whenever the Titans do anything, I say, I'll say poverty franchise, but they're not the same. It's, okay. it's just like somebody calling the Grizzlies that over Chris Wallace and stuff, and you got a whole other, you know, crew. Well, so you know when I, I announced that. that I was coming to Nashville. Nobody was happy for me for real. No. Not nobody in Including me. No, I ain't want to hear none of it. I ain't want, yeah. I was like, y'all really don't like the Titans like no. that? Okay. No. No. Well, I mean, if they do well, I mean, why not? Why not cheer for them? But I'm not checking for them. You play the people who do. I'm not gonna act like they're not, especially younger people. A lot of people in their 20s, early 30s, they they grew up with the Titans being yeah. the local team. So yeah. 
Yeah, I will say and that's crazy because I'm the same person who will tell people like, yeah. "How dare you not be a Grizzlies fan?" And, exactly. and I, you know, exactly. but this ain't Nashville though. But yeah, I will but say I though, I I am still on the Malik Willis bandwagon. I haven't gotten off yet. Yeah, you I'm scared. Wanna, you know, might want to check that next stop, uh, old Malik. I'm. <laughs> You know what? I will say Malik looks so good in OTAs and minicamp. I will mm -hmm. say that he looked a lot better. Really. That was a, I feel now like I'll tell you what does look a lot better. You want to know what does look a lot better? What? You know, I'm a transition god now. You know, I'm a segue a master over here. What? The Tennessee Titans uh had some jerseys that leaked on oh. Twitter today. The Houston yeah. Oilers throwback joints. What are your oh. thoughts on those, Samari? They're, I like they're them. super fresh. Right? Yeah, they look they look hella good. I like them. Yeah. I what I don't like, segue. What I don't mm -hmm. like is these Texans fans wanting Oilers stuff. That's y'all not. That's not y'all team. No. Like y'all need to no. chill with that. Right. The Oilers are the Titans. Like why right. are you doing? Like mm -hmm. what? What is? What? I don't understand yeah. why they do this every too. time. Oh, they all they want because they always they all that that. Second Houston franchise, the Texans, always feels yeah. like a bootleg franchise. They've never really felt like a real NFL team. You know what I mean? Because even their logo is like, okay, this looks like something else. Like, this doesn't look like y'all shit. Like, I've never taken them serious, like, at all. They, have they ever been good? It. And they've never been good. Like, they what's the farthest they ever went? Like, second round of the playoffs? Well, maybe they feel like, you know, now they got Bryce Young, maybe they'll do something. I don't know. But yeah, I just crazy. don't like that. Like, every time the Titans do anything, especially with the Oilers, it's like, that, that should be us. Why can't we take that? Because it's not your team. Yeah. Don't be broke. Don't lose your team to freaking Nashville. And then you won't have to feel away. Exactly. Not. You're the Texans. Yeah. You're Houston, and you lost your team to Nashville, Tennessee. Shame oh. on y'all is all I, all I can say. Okay. Yeah, y'all had y'all had some celebrities in, in Nashville attempting to get to Nashville this week, man. Not just Beyonce. Y'all had another famous uh, famous lady that was trying to get a one way not, bus ticket. Not Carly. To. You know it's so crazy because <laughs> when I was they, at say, they said she was trying to go see Beyonce. I had maybe she was trying to get the media day, huh? Maybe she was trying to get the media day. Shut up! I had my AKA sweater on. Mm -hmm. I said, so "Why I got this on?" Ooh. You know, yeah. I I I want her to get the help that she needs. We all do. We're gonna talk about Carly later on in the show, but yeah. Okay. We all want her to get help. But we she definitely sure. I was shooketh when I saw she was trying to get Nashville. I'm like, girl. And I passed by the Greyhound station every night on my way home. Mm -hmm. Was you, you out there? Her. You would have saw her and be like, oh God, I saw the girl that's missing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh man. Girl. Anyway, Samaria, you are definitely an inspiration to many uh, young ladies. Even in your time in Memphis, you did a lot of mentoring, uh, working okay. with some of the, the younger, up-and-coming uh, media members in the city of Memphis. I've got one I'm sending your way very soon. Um, okay. My, my good friend, Shamaria. I'm going to be sending her your way, so go ahead and get ready for What's her. What's her name? Shamaria. How crazy is that? I know, right? That's why it's just that's why it's meant that's to be. That's why, okay. I'll be sending her your number uh, very soon. Okay. So if you get a strange okay. text, just know. Yeah, but anyway, oh, it, it was also a shameless plug for Asylum Media Group, a uh, an idea of mine of uh, mentoring the next wave okay. of uh, media members. Yeah, but yeah, uh, with that being said, um, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities that women weren't getting in sports media now, as opposed to even five, ten years ago. What What are your thoughts on the state of that of of, of black women in sports? 
do you think is uh, there? There are plenty of opportunities. Do you think is it's easier? Do you think it's still room to grow? What are your general thoughts on, on the opportunities that Black women have in the realm of sports? Of course, I'm going to say there's room to grow. But I, I I will say and applaud the amount of black women that are in these spaces. It's amazing. But I do feel like for me, I'm in like a circle of black women in sports. And all mm. I'm seeing is this person going here, this person getting a promotion. So maybe like right. in the bigger scheme of things, it could be better. But mm. in my little circle, it, it's it's popping. Right. It's Including popping. yourself. Well, thank you. But I do feel like we, you know, us as black women, we still have to, when we get in these spaces, we still have to be twice as good. We still mm -hmm. have to know everything. Yeah, right. Like I have to make sure that I am so researched and everything because, you know, people are going to assume you don't necessarily know what you're talking about in that space. Right. And that's hard. Because I, I had this conversation with you where I told you I was so triggered one time. Uh, Megan Triplett was here. Shout out to Megan. And she was off about something on Twitter. I think it was like she forgot to dot her eye, forgot to cross the T. It wasn't like she was yeah. like blatantly off about something. And people just gave her the hardest time. I'm like, man, I've seen yeah. dudes say some of the stupidest shit on here ever yeah. in my life, and y'all don't do all this. You know yeah. what I mean? So I definitely agree with you. I applaud what you do. Uh, salute well, to you, you as well. You know what I'm saying? I, I saw you. I saw, I've saw. seen your come up. I saw you came from whatever little boo-boo market you in before you came here to Memphis. And I, saw you. I was in Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> so anybody from Jackson... Get get him, please. <laughs> then I saw you do your thing in Memphis, and I see you in Las Vegas. You know I'm saying doing it for sure. And then you're a whole influence yeah. with the with the with the waist train and all this type of stuff. Why man. you keep bringing up? <laughs> <laughs> if you if you uh, get in a what waist waist trainer, use my code Samaria ten. Yeah, well, say it again. Say it again one more time. A little bit more. Use clarity. my code Samaria ten. And what kind of waist trainer is it again? What waist? <laughs> what waste? Oh, like he ain't got no waste. Huh? Okay, that's what I'm telling. You. All right. So um, on the flip side of it, uh, okay. there's been a lot of criticism towards Lincoln Andrews of uh, late. Uh, right. Lincoln gets accused of sometimes being a puppet, uh, being bitter, having black man black man issues or daddy issues, and all these type of things. And people said people say things about Malika saying that she doesn't protect the black man or the black athlete as much as she does. And I'll I'll just be honest with you. I've gotten criticism. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was very critical of my hero in sports. Penny Hardaway was my Michael Jordan. And I found myself having to be critical of how certain things were handled a couple of years ago with the Mighty Bates, Jalen Duran team, which I felt like was one of the biggest debacles I've ever seen. Like it was that team was had so many issues. I was like, dude, like, come on, man. Like, like, come on, bro. Like, let, let's be for real. I mean, you know, it, it, had, it had like the COVID stuff going on and yeah. all these different things. Yeah, it was really rough. And and a lot of conversations started coming up about is it our job as black media members to kind of protect them from some of these narratives? I feel like it is. I feel like you really kind of have to do that because a lot of people will destroy these dudes. Peter Hardaway gets murdered by all of these, you know, yeah. white guys in media, especially these national guys. Do you feel like it's any pressure to to continue that narrative to to protect black athletes in what, in what we do? Yeah, I think like for me. I don't, and I can't speak for everybody, but obviously I'm I'm a black woman. I have a black father. I have a black brother, black brothers. I have black uncles, black cousins. It's hard for me not to be able to sympathize with them and to protect them, right? I think that there, you can be, you can ask the tough questions, but I always say it's a way to do stuff. 
Mm. You know, like even like with mm. the Jeff Hawkins situation in Penny Lake, there's mm. a way that you can ask a question. There's a way that you can write an article or in our case, do a broadcast. You, you know, like I think that there's just a level of care that I personally have mm. that is just a natural thing. I don't I don't know why, but well, I guess I know why, but it's just it's just natural for me. So I think like in the case with Malika, it's not necessarily she's asking the tough questions, but maybe she's bringing up things that aren't related necessarily to. It's, it's doing the most. OK, Can we I'm trying try because like I'm like we're both women in sports. Right. Do you do, like I'm sure you feel like you can't really talk bad about her because. Yeah, what we just talked about. It. Yeah, but I can't say I'm not talking bad about it. It's just, yeah, she, exactly. Yeah, like she'll bring up stuff that isn't necessarily related to, you right. know, maybe that stuff that's on the court or on the field. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe she just does basketball. So on the court, you know, like the Brandon Miller stuff that was brought yeah, I got up. It, I got it died a few months ago. I was like, God damn. Look, this, this shit, who? Man. Which one? Man, man. Uh, I can't think of his name. Um, Hat, who? No, who was it? It's a guy who died in some kind of tragic situation. And she started bringing up legal stuff that he did, like assault charges or something. I'm I'm like, like, wait a minute, man. With that and then um the way that she handled Ime Yudoka and the Joe Missoula. It's like, <laughs> it was like she's like, well I would be remiss. <laughs> she's like, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up that Missoula right. oh, bar fight and he 18. had a fine and he whatever. And I'm like, I don't know who is behind the scenes making that happen, but I think for me I wouldn't Yeah, I couldn't do all that. I wouldn't touch on that. So do you if think you, she's being prompted to do that stuff or it's just her thing? Well, see, that's the thing. I don't know because I've never worked for ESPN. So I don't, right. I'm mm -hmm. assuming that they have producers and they have writers and they have people that are helping them behind the scenes. But I don't know mm -hmm. if they're saying, well, we want you to bring up this. But for me personally, I wouldn't bring. Now, if it's some stuff that's on the court, then okay. I think that's that's prevalent information. Right. It's like, oh, okay, well, he fought this person during right. a game. You know what I mean? But <laughs> something that that happened in a bar fight, like five or six. Yeah, that years was a little ago, bit. Yeah, no, he was like I'm nineteen like, years old, I believe. This is when this happened. Huh? I'm talking about Joe Mazzula. I think that happened when he was like 19. Yeah, it was like I think in college or something. I don't yeah. know if I would necessarily bring that up in yeah. in the announcement of him being hired. And I and I think it's just that's really across the board. I hate watching any draft. Well, except for a hockey draft, NHL, they don't talk about none of that. But like NBA, NFL, they're gonna bring up everything, everything. about these kids. And I hate that. I'm like, give them at least a minute. Mm -hmm. Do like a sidebar. Like have like on ESPN two over here, we gonna have a criminal record and right. a mama criminal record over here on ESPN two. Do CSI. But on ABC, I'm like, why are we talking about this? I can't remember what the guy's name. It was one. It was it was NFL draft, and the guy gets his name called, and on the mm -hmm. on the graphic, it's like, oh, he fought his mom, and was <laughs> it's like, we don't need this right now. They know what they did. They know oh what God! They did. And we knew about Brandon Miller, and I, and I you know, yes. I wish Malika the best, but and I, and I hate to put you in, in an uncomfortable situation with you being. A black woman in sports media as well. I'm yeah. not trying to get you to throw her under the bus, but I just I do feel like as black people we have to be cognizant of what we're doing and who we're talking about. Sometimes. We do, I mean, we just do. like with John Morant. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. But Ja, I I I intentionally had to recognize that Ja is a young black man living in the city of Memphis. And and there are a lot of things about him that are going to be different than you know Luka Doncic or whoever you're talking about. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, you know, I, I definitely get it for sure. Speaking of John Morant, uh the Memphis Grizzlies offseason uh, pretty much revolved around John Morant, uh adding two uh veteran players in Marcus Smart and Derrick Rose. Um, what do you think about those two acquisitions for the Memphis Grizzlies? And how do you think those two players um, <clears throat> will be able to affect uh, John Morant? Uh, just to give you a heads up, uh, Drew Hill, who covers the Grizzlies for the Daily Memphian, he wrote an article, great article today about uh, Marcus Smart. And uh, Marcus Smart also talked about in a, in a press conference how he feels like he has to earn the right to be hurt. He just can't walk into the locker room and just start. Yeah. He's got to build some trust with these guys. And in the article that Drew wrote today, uh, one of Drew, one of uh, Marcus Smart's friends and teammates since you know he was probably in third grade all through high school they played college together all these things he was saying that Marcus Smart has an ability to walk into a room and just convince people to just be uh, he's engaging and he just earns your trust what are your thoughts about and those two guys especially two guys who are you know John is seeming to kind of be on this this spiritual walk and he's trying to mellow out and find his peace and all these things and you got two guys who are chess avid chess players they meditate uh Marcus Smart's <laughs> in the yoga Derrick Rose is transitioned to not D Rose he's D risen now like they're just on some whole another vibe <laughs> energy type shit right now what do you think about those two acquisitions about the from the Memphis Grizzlies on and off the court involving John Ray? yeah no I love it I'm so jealous that I'm not in Memphis because I'm like I would okay. I would kill to be back and be able to cover those guys Marcus Smart mm-hmm. I mean we got to see it just in his press conference I'm just like mm-hmm. sat there and watched the whole thing like Right. I was incredible. I like him. And Have I you ever like, seen Taylor Jenkins like that before? I know. Yeah. Everybody was saying how good he was. Um, but say, I feel like we all were just like, oh, my God. And I think when you watch him, not to say he's kind of a villain, but, you know, when, you, when you're when you not, when he's not on your team, you kind he's of He's an anti-hero. Like he's yeah, an anti-hero. you don't like him. But I mm-hmm. think that he was, I mean, he was able to come in and like everybody all Grizzlies fans are like, mm-hmm. okay, we like this kid. Like, we, I really, really like him. I really like Derrick Rose. Such a full circle moment for him to be able to come back and play a FedEx form. I got to get a jersey or something, but I'm not going to pay for it. Um, Hit me up. I got, I got the hookup. Oh, you got, okay, you got a plug. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's just amazing. I think, I think Ja will be able to learn so much from a guy that he has literally been compared to. Right. His whole career. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's great. I'm excited to see what, what they're going to do. Having Marcus Smart and Jaron Jackson on the floor together is about to be crazy. Yeah, I'm excited. Here we go. Yeah, I think we all are. You you talked yeah. about how you wish you could still be here to interview those one of those two guys, Marcus Smart, Derrick Rose, etc. Who was your favorite Memphis interview when you were here? Who was your favorite person you ever? Oh God, that's got such in front a tough of question. That's such a tough question. When I saw you sent me that, I was like, I don't know how to say. Look at you going behind the curtain. Look at you just. I know Showing how we make the, the fourth wall. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have like a particular interview, but my favorite story would have to be the one I did on the pursuit team because I didn't really okay. know a lot about the Grizzlies pursuit team at all. I didn't really mm-hmm. know how the Grizzlies got there, all the backstory, the people that had to work all these hours and do all mm-hmm. this. I didn't know any of that. And I think that that was probably one of the best stories that I was able to cover. I really, I really enjoyed that mm-hmm. one. I didn't get so, to talk to the AutoZone guys, but what's their last name? 
What's that? Uh, is that is that uh, Kate Staley Kate's? Is it no? No. Kate's. Yeah, that's is it Kate's. I think so. Yes. Rich white folk. That's all I can tell you. Extremely rich. They are. They were pretty. They were pretty wealthy. Yeah. They're rich they enough to wealthy. buy the Grizzlies. Well, buy a nice little piece of the Grizzlies. So. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that was that was really. Elliot Perry is another rich dude in the M two. Is he? Oh, he's is was he on there? He was or part of the owner. He was he's a he's a minority owner, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I got sure. to talk to the guy that does like Southern Heritage Classic. What is his name? Is it Fred Jones? Fred Jones. Mm. Fred Jones. So yeah. he was really instrumental in all of that. So I thought that was really interesting. Has the big three been to Nashville? No. Okay. And you I know what? Saying. I wish that more basketball would come here because I feel like Nashville could be good with basketball. They're a football town, I also. I mean, I think that they just, I feel like people just travel and come here. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like if you brought, whether that's an NBA team, a WNBA, like people will go. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean. But that's, well, they, I'm, I'm trying not to be critical of Nashville because that's where you lay your head. Please, but, please stop. Yeah. I won't say anything. I won't say anything at all. But, but what's I'm been serious. your biggest, I, I get what you're saying. I agree. Okay. But okay. it's usually like the other team, like teams, like, you know, road games become home games when they go to Nashville. Anyway, anyway, uh, moving on. What's been your biggest memory, your biggest sports memory so far since you've been in Nashville? Um, on or off the court, it could be a, a dope interview. I, don't know if I have anything. like a big. I don't think I have a big one here yet. Will you be in the yeah, house when uh, when when Lionel Messi takes on Nashville SC? Will you be there? So that's going to be in Miami, unfortunately. They're not going. They're not coming to Nashville at all. I think they've already come. Damn. Or I think they only go one. Or I don't know. The next time, the only time they played them this year, maybe or next coming up, is in uh -huh. Miami. It's next told, month. The end of next I month. I told Gabe I was going to try to take them out there. I guess we ain't won't be doing that because we ain't going to Miami this year. Oh no! Do you know how much them tickets would cost? I already know. I, I'll get the hookup sometime. Anthony, oh same. I'll gosh. get a. I'll get a media credential and a plus one. Okay, you gotta get a media credential. But you, I mean, other than that, Nashville, Nashville's been fun. There's a lot of stuff that's happened. Like we just mm -hmm. had the NHL draft. Never covered an NHL draft before at all. Like that's right. The draft was there. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And everybody is there. All mm -hmm. of these kids are there. I'm like, it's not like any other draft where you have like maybe the first and second round guys. No, yeah, everybody is there. Hundred kids in there. Yeah. <laughs> and they sit in the stands. <laughs> And they sit in the stands and they come down from the stands. It's it's really mm. neat. And they get to put their sweater on. I thought it was fun. Um, and then we have like SEC basketball tournament here. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we just had media days, which media days will be in Dallas next year. I don't know. Um, but there's just a lot of stuff that happens here. So it's 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 kind of neat. But I don't know well, if, I, if I have like a big story yet. Well, Samari, I'm proud of you. I love seeing what you do. You did a you did an awesome story on my Kim folks, on my cousin. Uh, oh well, then that was that's probably one of the. Thank you for. Well, tell us about it. Tell us about it. Though, that so. was a good story. That was a good story um, <laughs> that I got to do on Caden, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, he was paralyzed, and after he was in a car accident, and I think what was crazy is he was ejected from the car. They didn't mm -hmm. notice that he was out there, so he stayed out there for at least twelve hours, and mm -hmm. I thought what was so heartbreaking to me. Was his parents drove by there going to the hospital they they're thinking mm -hmm. their kid is in the hospital he's not there he was literally laying beside the road the police came they claimed that they they checked the area twice 
they mm-hmm. went out there the next morning, the family, and they found him laying found in the yeah. My Kimfo was just like, yeah. Oh my God. And, Amazing and I, story though, man. Yeah. It was so emotional. And and he was at a point in his career where it was just, it was just going up. He had this was last summer. He had a great summer basketball season. And mm-hmm. you know, he was getting some offers, getting some looks yeah. from, from college scouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now he's learning how to walk again. And yeah. uh so that was, but thank you for even putting that on my radar because that yeah, was sure. such a great story. And thank you for helping them get it out there. It got, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what level of coverage it got, but I know it was a big deal for you to cover it for them. It really, yeah, no, yeah, that was a big you. deal. That was, that was sure. a good one. That was probably the best so far, yeah. And now look at you. You, you got to come on the Anthony Science Show. Let's see how God works. <laughs> or maybe you'll be coming on my show. See, that's what I'm saying. Right that, was, that was a setup right there. That was a setup right there. That was maybe all I was I'll get a do. show soon. We'll see. Just let me know, because I got, uh, you know, my daughter's at, at, uh, in uh, uh, MTS. She is. But you know what? Not this, not this semester. She's going to Japan, foreign exchange student type stuff. Yeah, she. About to How do you Japan. feel about that? Man, look, I just wanted to come back safe. That's all I know. That's what I'm don't, saying. Don't come I, back I an alcoholic. Know. They say the kids go. They say American kids go over there and just because they pass out beer like water over there. So it's nothing. It's to just do. I just feel like with the Carly stuff, everyone's on edge. Yeah, man. Oh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That crosses my mind a lot. I try to not let it, but. Especially when you're obviously an American and you're a black girl over there. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's one that's one of my fears, but we're gonna get through it. It's a fear of mine too. Yeah. That's why anybody and everybody got my location. I want y'all to see where I'm at. Please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got you. Everybody got my location, please. You're right. We gotta protect black women out here for sure. No, we really do. We really we do. We do for real. We we do. We're gonna talk about uh Carly Russell more. At the end of the show, well, Samari, I appreciate you coming on with me today. I, I, uh, you can't come to the studio because you're in Nashville, but I appreciate you coming on with me this week for sure. We gotta do this more often for real. Yeah, for no, real. we can do it. Training camp yeah, starts sure. next week, so yeah. You wanna? I, I can come on. Yeah, figure out talk. a way to make that. Happen. Okay, I'm just sure gonna drive to happen. Memphis. It's just yeah, drive to Memphis. Ain't that? We in the studio in Cordova. Ain't number what? Two out, two and a half out. No. Okay, it's all good though. But yeah, that was Samari Terry. (laughs) Samari, I appreciate you. I'll see you, friend. Take care of yourself. Thank you. That was Samari Terry, y'all, here on the Anthony Sane Show. We're about to take a break. When we come back, the three-pointer here on the Anthony Sane Show. We'll see you guys in a minute. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy.
Welcome back to the Anthony Sane Show. Got my man Michael Arell with me today. Guest producer and Kenny Stubberfield's absence. Shout out to my boy Kenny Stubberfield. Uh, again, must need a rest, must need a break after enjoying this family, man, for sure. It's time for the three pointer. We're talking about three important things to me in the world of sports. It may not be important to you, but it's, on, it's, it's what's on my mind. So we're going to chop it up. Is that cool with you, Michael? We just chop up what's on my mind. Oh, is that cool with you? Cool. All right, bro, that's what we're going to do. Number one, Rudy Gay, former Perfect. Memphis Grizzlies, Rudy Gay, waved by the Oklahoma City Thunder. I see these type of stories all the time about players getting waved and, you know, going to these, going to, it seems like, Oklahoma City Thunder is almost like a final resting place for dudes. It's like if you get traded to the Thunder, your next move might be out of the league. You know what I mean? You had Al Horford who who, who jumped out of the the, the, the garbage pail yeah, and made it back did to he Boston. escape the Thunder curse. Like yeah, Al Horford man, he, really looked done he and then just got out of it. And he's back in the league rolling. I, I mean, shout out, shout out to Al Horford for real, man. Makes you wonder was he ever abducted? Actually, it's true. <laughs> Horrible joke. Horrible joke. <laughs> it took a minute. Oh, man. Oh, man. Shout out to Al Horford for escaping the trenches. What did they feed him? Cheez-Its when he was in uh, Oklahoma City. No. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, bro. Rudy Gay, way by the, by the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's what hit me, man. And I'm going to say why, because I talk a lot about things that remind me of mortality. You know what I mean? I remember being probably about your age, bro, and seeing Rudy Gay playing for this Grizzlies team, super excited about the 6'8 wing, dunking machines, super athletic, mid-range game. They call him like a baby Carmelo Anthony. You know, guys like Kevin Durant were coming in saying that he was one of the guys he looked up to. And to see that guy's career probably about to come to an end, man. Shit, man. It's like, bro, like, and you, you, you got to keep in mind, like, I was a kid. Like, yeah, you, you grew up. He like, was yeah. Yeah. No, my bad. It bro. sucks, like, man. Yeah. Rudy Gay is 36 years old. And just seeing a guy like that who I, I wish his time in Memphis had been better. I wish we could have kept him in hindsight. Um, we heard all the narratives, all the things about how he made us worse. Man, Rudy Gay was a 20-point scorer. Young. Dog, yeah, man. Like they I really wish they could have found a way to make that work. You know what I mean? Because we've kind of been searching for that type of guy. We had Grizzly fans thinking everything in the world was going to turn into us getting that guy. <laughs> I mean, whether it's whoever you're talking about. We traded him. for him. We traded Houston for him, remember? Yeah, we, we traded him on, on draft, traded for him on draft night. Uh, it didn't plan out the way that we, you know, it could have. But it feels like his career is about to come to an end, man. And I hate it for him. they Grizzly fans saying, go sign him. I can guarantee you that ain't happening. <laughs> We've already got a roster crunch of guys we're trying to figure out. Look at you, man, with the Rudy Gay jersey. Hey, Shots I, bro, Rudy Gay. can I tell you, like, growing up in the city, like, you know, obviously ties have changed. Like, we have John now and everything. Mm -hmm. But, like, I know you said you were about my age. But being a kid in the city, man, like, knowing that the city that we're in, like, we can't just sign guys. Like, we can't just bring mm -hmm. it. Like, for this city, Rudy Gay. He was, was box like, office. He was our he superstar. Was box like, office, bro, yeah. He had a dude who could dunk, who could score. He was hitting game winners over LeBron. Yeah. Like, yeah. He was made like he he really did. He was like our first superstar. And to other mm -hmm. teams, he would have been a second, maybe third option. But like he he did. Like, bro, people, like you said, people have a lot to say about Rudy Gay, but he really was like the first mm -hmm. star that we had. And, and NBA 2K uh 12, bro, Rudy Gay might have been the coldest, might have been the coldest player in history. Cold, bro. In history, because he he was like LeBron with a Damn jump it. shot. Yeah, and he, he was just he, banned, he, like he dunked everything. 
he would dunk everything and he would, he could knock down threes and dribble. He was like, yeah, he was like LeBron with a jump shot on the game. And it was, he was a total cheat code. So shout out to Rudy Gay. Nothing's been official. He has not announced a retirement, but man, it feels like this is it, man. What do you think about people it's, people saying bring him home? No, y'all I don't him. it's not it's not cool, it's no. not conducive. It doesn't help no. us. Thing, but. It didn't do anything. Like I don't want to, I'm not trying to wave anybody for 36-year-old Rudy Gay. Oh do, man, do, do you remember the brief era where people were signing like 10 days to retire? Like Pierce signed a 10 day with Boston to retire there, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. I, I don't think this is the I don't think he has to find his memories here because they they the way that the media did him, like and the way that that organization kind of painted the picture, like he was the problem. Like I'm sure he doesn't have. I don't think he feels a way towards us, but I'm, I don't think he would pick us. I mean, we, he was here lo- here longer than anybody. I think you know. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah I, don't think he was, I don't think he, he was, was here. Yeah. What six to twelve, six to thirteen? Yeah, something like that. So I can't see him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he ended up doing. I wouldn't mind it at all. I don't think he's ever a guy. He's not a guy that's ever gonna get his jersey retired. But Rudy Gay, you know what could have been, man, for sure. Absolutely. Number two. The James Harden trade. Um, got some updates to, uh, over the last few days. Basically, Daryl Morey, GM of the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, says he's not budging. He wants a, a, a star-level player coming back in return. I, I haven't understood. I don't understand any of this. I think that James Harden's best path to a potential championship goes through Philadelphia. I don't see how – I don't think uh, – that's a, that's a good team in Philly. Yeah. And I think that's – I don't see why he didn't just let it play out there and try to win, man. You're constantly uprooting. You're constantly moving from city to city, from team to team. You know, you're going to a team with the Clippers who's had, you know, a ton of injury problems. I get it. You know, you're playing with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. That's not even a proven model to win anymore, man. Like, stay where you are. And your value easily isn't what you thought it was. Because we haven't even heard haven't heard nothing about the Clippers saying they even want him. No. You know what I mean? And I don't, even, I don't really think his value is nearly what it was a few years ago. I just think James Harden needs to sit down. Don't pull out the fat suit. I know it's calling you like Batman. <laughs> they go put the fat suit on James Harden, but don't do it. Don't do it this time, man. It's not worth it. Uh, just, just rough it out. You know what I mean? Just, just do your thing. Because he was good. He had a good season yeah. last year, man. Um, it's just the paper trail, man. Like everywhere he goes, it's a guaranteed rental. Like, why would you give up assets? You're like, bro. You would think he wouldn't have left Brooklyn. He did, and then yeah. in Philly, you're like, oh, it's a good situation. They, yeah, most as hell to making the conference. What yeah. they made the conference finals, right? Yeah, something like that. I don't, I don't yeah. know, but he just stay, just stay where you at, man. Stay where you at in Philadelphia, man. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, just, just stay, stay there. I don't. I, I think that's your best chance to to I do agree. anything. Is uh, unless he takes a smaller Eastern. role, but he ain't doing yeah. that. Yeah, but who's gonna? I mean, that dude, that dude makes like. 50 something, 40 million, you know, some crazy amount of money, man. So ridiculous. And he just opted in, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's like, bro. <laughs> yeah, he opted in for, you know, that final year of his deal. All right, this is the one that uh, I kind of dread talking about because I got to do some apologizing. I got to do some repenting. Uh, Steven Adams, birthday is today. Shout out to my boy, Big Steve O. Turned 30 years old, man. Still, still fairly young uh, by NBA standards. Uh, old man on his team. Uh, but his birthday is today. Um, a lot of times last year, practically all season last year, I was saying how it bothered me how important Steven Adams is to this team. Uh, the fact that so many things have to go through him uh, as far as offensive rebounding and all these type of things. I called him training wheels and all these type of things for the team. And we went, we got booted in the playoffs. 
And I was looking at trades this offseason, like, let's get Steven out of here. Let's go get a let's get a guy that can help Jaron transition to the five. But man, when I just sit back and just think about it, man, screw all that. <laughs> screw all that, man. Like for real, man. Like Steven Adams is extremely important to this team. And I've had to really see the light again on that. Um, and just knowing that this team needs to get older and get more mature, I don't see how losing a guy like him is beneficial. You know what I mean? So uh, I do repent to uh, Grizz Nation. I repent to the Steven Adams accounts out there. There are several. Some good ones. Yeah, yeah. That, those dudes are on too, man. It, 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 makes, it makes American uh, 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 parody accounts and, and fan accounts look kind of bad. The, the, the detailed bro. Yeah, they put out for Steven Adams. I'll give you some of those stats. Um, shout, out, shout out to my boy uh, Fanaki Stats, who's probably That's what the I was best. Thinking about. Yeah, he's, he's he's on point. These are some stats he put out. Um, before the Steven Adams injury, the first 46 games of the season last year, our win percentage was third in the NBA. Offensive rebounding, we were first in the NBA. Defensive rebounding, we were second in the NBA. Total rebounding, first in the NBA. Second chance points, first in the NBA. Defensive rating, first in the NBA. But oh, after Steven Adams' injury, 36 games. Win percentage, we dropped to 13th in the league. Offensive rebounding, 13th. We didn't finish the season that way. This is talking about in those 36 yeah. games. Yeah. Um, defensive rebounding, 18th in the league. Total rebounding, 15th in the league. Second chance points, 17th in the league. Defensive rating. With the NBA Defensive Player of the Year, we were ninth in the league in those 36 games. We were below league average, below, I'm sorry, in the bottom half of the league in defensive rebounding, total rebounding, and second chance points. And 13th in win percentage and offensive rebound. It's undeniable, man. It's undeniable how good we are an elite level team. With all the stuff we had going on last year, the finding the West comments, the jog suspension, Dylan Brooks being Dylan Brooks, all these the Bain, Desmond Bain injury, all these things, Zaire Williams, you know, not bouncing back and having a you know a good second year, all these things, man. We still were an elite level team yeah. with Steven Adams in the roster. People act disappointed, but like all things yeah. considered, last year was extremely impressive. Yeah, yeah, all things considered for sure. But yeah, man, happy birthday to Stephen Adams. I repent, brother. We need you for sure, and I apologize to you, Funaki Stats. I apologize to you as well. <laughs> but yeah, man, we about to take a break, man. When we come back, we're gonna wrap this thing up for Inside the Same Brain. Carly Russell Part Two is coming, y'all. We'll see you guys in a minute here. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy.
Welcome back, everyone, to the final segment of the Anthony Sane Show. We call this Inside the Same Brain. Got my man, Michael Harrell, on the other side uh, with me. Uh, last time we talked about the what was inside of my brain, the Carly Russell situation was definitely in the forefront of it. The frontal lobe of my brain was consumed by Carly Russell. Yeah, we got some updates since then, man. Uh, I, I was basically saying in the last one um, how it's just a sad situation, vile situation. I acknowledge the things that were questionable about the situation. I said that I want to believe her. I said there's a very little chance that this is like didn't happen. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's the case. I think it could have been, you know, uh, 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 whether she was on some type of hallucinogen or she had some type of mental health thing that happened that made her, you know, kind of her reality got off. But uh, yeah, it's a little different than that. Probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, we found out that um, after a 2.30 p.m. press conference with the media there and media and the, and the police department, their investigators uh, pretty much released that they did not feel like there was anything that was to announce to the people as far as, you know, any potential warnings or anything like that. And they talked about some of the uh, discrepancies. And but basically it looks like a situation where she left her job, was researching some things on Google. You guys heard the story a million times. Um, you know, researching things on Google that made this look like it was all premeditated, uh, which it clearly was um, an elaborate, to say the least, plan from Carly Russell to do whatever. And I'll just say this today. Um, I, look, I, I jump on my Facebook. I jump on my Twitter. I jump on my Instagram. And every meme, every joke, everything's about Carly Russell today. Uh, the sorority she was a member of. Uh, movie, uh, who should play what parts in the movie and all these type of things. And I'll, I'm not going to lie, a lot of them have been funny as shit. I mean, a lot of stuff has been really funny about her. I get it. Uh, I have not participated. I did early, then I deleted the, the, the post that I put out on Facebook. It's still a very sad situation to me, man. I'm not really sure how I feel about it. Um, it's a little, it's a little troubling. It's a little upsetting that because there's something clearly wrong with this young lady. Um, was it something she did just for attention or to do whatever? I don't know. You know, there's still more that we have to find out about this, but it's very sad to me that whatever she had going on, this, this is what she felt like she had to do to relieve whatever she had going on. And there are people saying, well, she just did this to go cheat or she just did this to give it some guy. I still don't believe it. I, I, I think there's something clearly imbalanced about her. And there's something in her life that she figured this would remedy, doing this would remedy it or whatever. Um, I hate it because, you know, black women being abducted, coming up missing is still a thing. Uh, and alarming numbers. Uh, when, you, when you think about the, the how much of America is actually populated by black women, as opposed to how many of the kidnapping cases are black women. The numbers are not even, they don't stack up against each other. And it's still super sad, man. And like I said, we aren't in some, you know, post-slavery situation where we should, we should act right and, and do things according to, well, this is why they don't care about us. Like that shouldn't be a narrative. That should be something we're saying. Like this, this is no. We shouldn't have to be perfect black people <laughs> for people to care about us. You know what I mean? We care about our well-being. So I don't want to hear any of that today. Uh, I hate the whole situation. I hate that she was was making this up and it was all false and it was all fake. And, but I still have a level of compassion where I do help, help hope that she gets some type of help. I'm sure there's probably going to be some type of justice 
some type of uh, punishment, you know, geared out to her, towards her. Um, but, you know, I hope that she ultimately gets her stuff together. This is this is horrible, man. It's really sad. It's really disappointing um, to see this the way it's going down. Um, but, yeah, man, it sucks. It really sucks for sure. Any thoughts from you, Michael Harrell? On the My biggest thing about it, man, is, you know, I try to to be as um, empathetic towards mm-hmm. issues, especially black issues, yeah. especially right. like, obviously, I'm a white guy. Mm-hmm. But I also try didn't to know that Michael no, I'm playing. <laughs> I mean, hey, <laughs> it took me a while like, to figure out, man. I was like, what is this dude? It's, no, it's, it's a mystery for some people, but um, yeah. I I try to tread a thin line when it comes to criticism or mm-hmm. my opinions on it. Um, when it comes to certain issues, like obviously I was really silent about the situation because I feel like it's not really my situation to talk about because right. it's not something that directly affects me. Um, but finding out the details that have come out, it, it definitely is upsetting. Obviously, like for people who may not know, my fiance is black. Mm-hmm. So to see how it upsets her and other women that I'm close to who are women yeah. of color, it's upsetting yeah. because you know this is happening at an all-time rate. Women are being black women are mm-hmm. being abducted. So in the, but the things you never hear about it, you know, you hear about white women getting abducted, it's a huge deal. So for a black woman to finally get such recognition for an issue, um, even though it's an unfortunate circumstance, it still brought light to an issue that's happening yeah. at an all-time yeah. high. So for yeah. it to lose all credibility and validity, it 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 kind of sets the attention back even more because now people are like, oh, it's a joke. You don't take it serious. And yeah. to see how it affects those close to me and especially the woman that I love. We strictly it, can't do it. Yeah. As, it's, as, it's as a human race, we can't do it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, man, like I another thing too is that as as being you're both men. Yeah. One of us is black, but neither one of us are women. You know what I mean? So yeah. in these type of situations, man, I've deferred to listen to listen more than speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I've wanted to get the opinion from black women that I love, respect, you know what I mean, and, and I think deserve a voice. And I've I've called them up, I've texted them, you know what I mean? I've I've gotten their opinions. I've I've asked some of my white, you know, lady friends, you know, what their opinion is. Of the whole thing and just gathering information, man, before I really speak, you know what I mean? So, like, I hate it. I hate what's going on um, with the whole situation. I hate that, you know, and selfishly, man, um, not to hurt, you know, demise or anything, but I want to hear a dope ass rescue, I mean, escape story. I want I want to hear her tell, man, I got about that joint. You know, I, I want yeah. to hear that. And to hear that it's all just, you know, BS now, it's, uh, it's tough, man, for sure. But it's, it's uh, just it's also, it's also yeah. upsetting to see how many like yeah. younger, especially black women, were advocating for her. Mm-hmm. And to see the yeah. same people come back and be like, damn, now I feel disrespected because I'm sitting here yeah. using my platform, using my voice, and for you to you had a basically yeah. joke I mean, bullshit yeah. about something that's actually affecting us. Like it's right. sad to see, man, because it, mm-hmm. it, it cuts deep. Right. And I'll say, man, like I said, I think there is some mental component to it. No one does all this with a with a with a peaceful mind, with a clear mind. Yeah. So I think that she has, she's battling with something. Hope she gets that address. Uh, prayers for her family, the, you know, the attacks, the embarrassment, um, you know, basically seeing parents who probably knew, they probably knew that this wasn't what it was, how it was being portrayed. And for them to still, you know, feel like they had to support her, you know, that's that's a feeling as a parent that, you know, I get it. So, but yeah, man, um, but that's definitely something that's on my mind, um, you know. But yeah, we, we got to move past that. Like I said, there are, you know, a quarter million black women, you know, in America that are, that, that are coming up missing, you know, so 
that's something that's that's real and that's not made up. You know what I mean? So, you know, we'll just have to lean that way. But man, that's the show uh, for today. We will be back next week. Kenny Stubberfield will be back. We will be back in studio. Michael, I appreciate you, brother, being here. Hey, man, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Yeah, man, appreciate you. Michael, of course, uh, does a podcast with Hoop Spaces. You can follow them on Twitter as well. He's going to be doing things with Asylum Media Group. Like I said, it's a group of young, hungry sports media content creators that I'm building here uh, in the city of Memphis, man. Y'all keep us in your prayers. We're about to do some amazing things here in the city, man. It's next wave of young content creators. Mike is one of them. Follow him on Twitter. I'm sure you follow me already. If not, at St. Asylum, Michael, give me your Twitter real quick. Uh, it's just my name backwards, H-A-K-Y-M, and the word aqua. It should, our shit. It yeah, it is, because you're but dripping hey, wet. You've probably seen me retweeted it or somewhere. Yeah. Probably yeah, probably yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow us on Twitter, man. But like I said, we're about to get up out of here, man. For my boy, Michael O'Reilly, behind the glass. Anthony the same show. We'll see you guys next time. And we out. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Anthony Sane Show. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. For comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports, head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co and find out how you can become an insider. We will see you back here next week.